Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, inspiring the world to raise the bar. And Angels Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Angels Envy bends the rules. It's a little different from all the other bourbons out there because Angels Envy is the pioneer of secondary finishing in bourbon. Angels Envy is finished in port barrels, which adds a layer of complexity to the whiskey and gives it a unique and approachable flavor. Plus, Angels Envy is one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. And whether it's for someone special or to bring to a housewarming party, Angels Envy makes the perfect gift. These angels are so, they have so much envy with its unique bottle design. Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart too. Look for Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024. Angels Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. West Hollywood. Let's get into it. What a week. Obviously, the biggest story of the week, an incredible transformative development in politics. Deval Patrick is in the race. What else happened this week? Sesame Street celebrated its 50th anniversary. I wonder how long I can do this before I talk about impeachment. <laughs> before, before, before there's just glass hurling at me. <laughs> Congrats to Bert and Ernie, who it turns out are boomers. And uh, <laughs> one of those gay couples that once they were able to get married, bought a home, locked in a low property tax rate, started complaining about development, and at least one of them definitely voted for Trump. And they don't talk about it, but the other knows, and it's a source of tension, but they just move on because politics doesn't affect them personally, and it sucks. <laughs> Snuffleupagus joined Antifa. <laughs> Big Bird is still with her. We've got some breaking news. You know it's really breaking news because I was genuinely surprised. <laughs> and I forgot we were doing that. Although it does say at the top of my card, loud breaking news sound. It says here, Jared Kushner and other senior administration officials are planning on using webcams to live stream construction of the border wall. Jared Kushner as a camboy. Unusual, yes, but not outlandish. For 20 tokens, he'll look into the camera while he fucks up Middle East peace. Now, I want you all to know something. I wrote that joke, and I put 20 bucks. And Travis turned to me and goes, not bucks, it's tokens. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. Now on to the big story of the week. The thriller on Capitol Hilla. You know what? Shame on me for delivering that with ironic distance. As if someone else did this. As if that joke happened to me as well as you. No, I did it to you. The Thrilla on Capitol Hilla. The first public testimony in the impeachment inquiry. The hearings on Wednesday lasted six hours or two, the Irishman. William Taylor revealed that a member of his staff told him that Gordon Sondland said... President Trump cares more about the investigations of Biden than about Ukraine. There is nothing less surprising to me than the fact that Donald Trump is loud on the phone. <laughs> also, people were freaking out that Taylor's voice sounds like Walter Cronkite. We shouldn't make light of his Cronkitis. <laughs> William Taylor recounted how during a July 10th meeting between officials from the U.S. and Ukraine, Gordon Sondland, the U.S. ambassador, intervened to talk about the investigations, prompting John Bolton to end the meeting and tell his staff to report this meeting to the lawyers, later saying that he didn't want to be associated with this drug deal. I can't be associated with this. This isn't a war of choice based on dubious evidence and a philosophy that downplays the human costs and practical realities of state violence. 
ultimately doomed to create a power vacuum and chaos that spread outward until engulfing an entire region and beyond helping to produce a destabilizing cascade of unintended consequences that stretched from Syria to the United Kingdom. That made sense. This is just too far. Taylor also laid out how Trump had a feeling of having been wronged by the Ukrainians and investigating Trump's political rival was something they owed him to fix that wrong. Sure, none of that is true. It is a fabrication based on a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump may have learned from Paul Manafort himself, but that's what Trump does, all right? He goes by gut. He goes by feeling. It's called the art of the deal, not the science of the deal. (laughs) Eric Swalwell asked Kent and Taylor if they were never Trumpers, a reference to a Trump tweet. They said they were not, and apparently that was a good thing to say, and I'm glad they did it. It gives them credibility, but uh, let's just remember, being never Trump is great. (laughs) That's a really good thing to be. Oh, no, no, I'm not a never Trumper. I'm kind of okay with this guy. (laughs) I found the end of George Kent's statement particularly moving. Let's roll it. I would like to conclude my opening remarks with an observation about some of my fellow public servants who have come under personal attacks. Ambassador Yovanovitch, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, and Dr. Hill, at least one of whom is going to appear before this body in the coming days. Masha, Alex, and Fiona were born abroad before their families or they themselves personally chose to immigrate to the United States. They all made the professional choice to serve the United States as public officials, helping shape our national security policy towards Russia in particular, and we and our national security are the better for it. I just wanted to play that clip because a serious guy with a serious bow tie. <laughs> and, you know, after this hearing, Eric Trump said it was very boring. Kellyanne Conway went on television and said, I could barely follow it. It was, he said this to who, and he said what to what. You know, they don't want us to care about this. They don't want to see this. And I think what was so striking about the hearings yesterday, despite the efforts by some to claim that it was too dull to matter, is we need boring people. We need them. Boring people are really important. You know, there was this conversation about the fact that he pronounces it Kiev and not Kiev. And there was a really funny moment going on yesterday. We're like, wait a second. He's an expert. He's calling it Kiev. We always call it Kiev. What's going on? And it turns out, I didn't know this. I learned this because of... uh, news, is that (laughs) apparently Kiev is a more uh, Russian or Soviet pronunciation, a more Ukrainian pronunciation and spelling is to pronounce it Kiev. And actually, even though we still call it Kiev, the uh, State Department officially refers to it as Kiev. And you know who's responsible for the move to get it to be called Kiev as opposed to Kiev? Because it sent a signal to the Ukrainians that we were serious about supporting them, a small boring change deep within the wells of the documents that determine how we refer to a country? That fucking guy. George Kent did that. And I know it's become silly to say, what about our norms? And maybe we were a bit too focused on norms. But, you know, what matters is not that what Donald Trump is doing violates our norms and institutions. It's that what he's doing is really fucking bad. (laughs) The things violating those things are bad because those norms are good and they do good things for us to have them. And I just was watching this man and and Bill Taylor, the man next to him, sit there and just defend good old-fashioned, boring government. Just, I get up in the morning and I think about Ukraine a lot and the little changes that we could make to make Ukraine and the United States have a more effective partnership to protect our national interests. I send cables and I put on a fucking bow tie and I care about it a lot. And maybe you don't care about it as much as I care about it, but it's a good thing that I'm here caring about it because because I care about it, you don't have to care about it. And I cared about it every day for a really long time. And then these Trump people showed up, and I didn't like them. And I didn't like how they talked about the things I cared about because they made me feel bad because the things I care about are important to me. And they don't care about that. They just care about Joe Biden and Burisma and all this stuff. But I care about this. And, you know, I didn't find the hearings boring. I watched all six hours. I got up at 5 a.m. Pundit was furious. She's like, this is not us. So I gave her a CBD dog treat. And I gave me a CBD dog treat. And we watched the hearing beginning to end. And at a couple times, I genuinely gasped. I gasped 
when we found out that Bill Taylor's staff overheard Donald Trump on the phone with Gordon Sondland saying, crimes, 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 more crimes. And I gasped. I was fascinated by it. That was his special bow tie. He wore it in his photo, the photo he took in his official State Department photo. And he got up that morning and he said, this is a big, important day. I'm going to put on my big, important bow tie. Protect that man. Protect the men and women like him. A knockdown, drag out battle for the future of this country between the people that have special bow ties they pit on in important days and people who believe in nothing. <laughs> he brings an Nalgene because he doesn't want to waste bottles. He brings a goddamn Nalgene to the Congress. <laughs> Steve Castor, GOP counsel, and a man who looks like a youth soccer coach who keeps getting bullied by all the dads. Said this. In fairness, this, this irregular channel of diplomacy, um, it's not as outlandish as it could be. Is that correct? It, it's not as outlandish as it could be. Castor continued, say, for example, if the whole committee were comprised of dogs, or if I was in a full Princess Leia costume but never addressed it, that would be more outlandish, yes? Reminder, sir, you are under oath, and I just took my first improv class. This is the best guy they could get. But I bet a lot of really smart guys were like, no, thank you. Oh, and the fact there was a debate on NBC during one of the breaks, and they turned to the lawyers assembled saying, what would you do if you were on the Republican side? And they all were like, I don't know. The fuck as I know, it's fucking hard. There's a lot of really bad evidence. I don't know, yell, run out, quit, scream naked in the streets, <laughs> go out like the Comey 2012 guy? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Specific. One of Republican Congressman John Radcliffe's arguments was that Ukraine repeatedly said publicly that he was not forced to do anything, there was no coercion, and he was being truthful in those statements. Uh, this just in, the man shackled to a chair in my basement hoping I'd bring him food said, this is fine, I'm choosing to be here. <laughs> it's Darren Chris. Uh, then Devin Nunes, or the guy who got sidelined because all his friends said he was worse than Jim Jordan, who is terrible said this. It seems you agreed witting or unwittingly to participate in a drama. But the main performance, the Russia hoax, has ended. And you've been cast in the low-rent Ukrainian sequel. I actually, though, I think this feels more like how Dark Knight built on the themes of Batman Begins, <laughs> but was grounded in a far more compelling narrative and a clearer moral argument. Dark Knight could not exist without Batman Begins but it also transcends Batman Begins to stand on its own. <laughs> or how Superman 2, despite the controversy of Richard Lester replacing Richard Donner, nonetheless had Superman against villains, including a terrific performance by Terrence Stamp that tested the bounds of Superman's moral code as well as the dichotomy between the norms of Clark Kent and the power of Superman himself. Or how Star Trek the motion picture got everyone excited but didn't work and Wrath of Khan fully fucking crushed... <laughs> Finally, I want to read a few paragraphs from an article in The Guardian that appeared tonight. Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump's personal lawyer, has said he is confident the president will remain loyal to him as an impeachment inquiry unfolds in which the former New York mayor has become a central figure. But Giuliani joked that he had good insurance in case Trump did turn on him. Amid speculation, Republicans will seek to frame him as a rogue actor. In a telephone interview with The Guardian in response to a question about whether he was nervous that Trump might throw him under the bus in the impeachment crisis, Giuliani said with a slight laugh, I'm not, but I do have very, very good insurance, so if he does, all my hospital bills will be paid. <laughs> Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello, who was also on the call, then interjected, he's joking. <laughs> But what does the joke mean? Is the joke that Rudy actually doesn't have dirt on his client? Is the joke that Rudy does have dirt, but he'd never use it? Is the joke that he is worried about being physically thrown under an actual bus and requiring a medical intervention for which he has very good health insurance? Or is the joke that he doesn't have very good health insurance? Here's what I think. 
I think the joke is that because of Rudy's close working relationship with Donald Trump, his client, who seems to not pay him, he has gathered over time a huge amount of damaging information about the president, which makes him a danger to Trump if he were ever to be threatened by Republicans because he doesn't respect client confidentiality, because he doesn't respect anything. And the joke is just a fun metaphor about a hospital and insurance, which sounds like bad mob speak because he's a bad mobster. And honestly, great joke, Rudy. When we come back, we will have Whitney Cummings and Joe Mandy. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home. On top of the wide variety of houseplants available, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Mike Pence should have gotten one of those after election day. (laughs) (laughs) The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape designs, and how best to take care of your plants. The point is, I may not have a green thumb, but that's why Fast Growing Trees is perfect for me, because it makes it so easy. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LOVEIT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LOVEIT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LOVEIT. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. She's a writer, actor, and comedian, and she just launched her first podcast, Good For You. Please welcome my pal, Whitney Cummings. How are you? I'm okay. What a weird little venue we are at. What an insulting, weird little... Fuck you. This is where we're doing it. Sorry. I've just I've never been in here before. I just I, I don't know. I feel like I'm on a gold dig a man in the 20s. <laughs> gold dig a man. A man. A man. Oh, a man. A man. <laughs> He's a stand-up comedian, and you can catch him <laughs> this December in Denver and Salt Lake City. Please welcome back Joe Mandy. <laughs> hi, Joe. Oh, hi. 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 How are you? I am well, thank you. Does this place make you want to get a man? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> oh, because like it, it, it does drink. for a drink. Yeah. But not a, when do you want? Okay. Oh, and this is a podcast, so you guys don't know what this venue even looks like. <laughs> now it's time for OK Stop. <laughs> we'll roll a clip, and the panel can say OK Stop at any point to comment. Bonks and Friends. It's normally a safe space for white boomers to gather around and hear two ladies say nice things to a scarecrow that wished on a lamp to be human, but the genie was evil, so it's Steve Ducey. (laughs) But this morning, the safe space was made unsafe when Fox News legal analyst Judge Andrew Neapolitan Ice Cream stopped by to talk about the impeachment testimony. Let's watch. Isn't it all based on opinion and hearsay? When you read the transcript, everyone has their own opinion. Well, everybody does have their own opinion. But if you look at the big picture, there doesn't seem to be any dispute but that the president wanted dirt on Biden and the president was willing to hold but, up military aid in order to get it. Judge, I, I, how about this? <laughs> okay, stop. Legal. Yeah. Uh, 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 facts are getting, uh, fuck. Uh, how about this? Uh, Bring in the accordion player. Steve Deuce just keeps looking <laughs> off screen, just like, who, do, where's the hook? Like, is, do, do, do we shock him? What do we, like, what, what do we do? He keeps saying the wrong things that are not... There's facts coming out of his mouth. Do we... Do, is there no... What happened to the Roger Ailes button where you press it and it opens up and then there's just Roger Ailes there waiting for him in the hopes that he's a lady? There's... <laughs> There's something very funny about uh, the one on stage who's dressed as a Dick Tracy villain is also the voice of reason. You yeah. Know? yeah. You would never, like, look, for those listening at home, uh, 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 picture Al Pacino in the film Dick Tracy, but then what if they decided to make an arch version of that film? Like something that was really over the top? <laughs> also, just as we describe him a bit, uh, those are, like, Runway with pinstripes. Yes. Cessnas can land using this suit. Absolutely. They, uh, 
they during the, they obviously ran with the hearings live because they had no choice. But um, they had a box up during the hearing, and the box basically was like, "Pay no attention to this. Real news is coming back soon. This is nothing to worry about. Everyone who's smart that you love says this is dumb. It's cool. Chill out. Yeah, chill out." Uh, it literally just boxes that say like President Trump thinks this guy's a cuck so just like <laughs> keep that in mind is concerned about what Ukraine did in the 2016 election and it was proven yesterday that he had every reason to be concerned because of uh, because uh, of the Biden's role supervising Ukraine aid and Hunter Biden's le- uh, legitimately perplexing place on the number one most corrupt oil and gas company and corporation in that country. The law is not on the president's side because the law says asking for a campaign favor, whether it, whether it arrives or not. It's not a campaign not. favor. Right. It's an investigation of a previous election. Well, that depends on how you look at it. Are, right. are they investigating 2016 or does he want dirt Do on Biden as, to, as prophylactic Here's for 2020? The, thing, the Ukrainian president did okay, never stop, feel pressure. <laughs> They're just like, please, please, please stop. You can't keep saying these things. Yeah. People are, these you're are hurting facts. people. You're hurting people who are watching and they're very old and <laughs> Steve Ducey's like putting a hole in his palm. He's like rubbing his hands <laughs> together so strong. He doesn't know what to do. He's freaking out. He's he hasn't start said anything no. in this whole time. I also love that they use pencils on Fox News in case they need to change the truth. <laughs> and it's easily erased. But it is like, you know, the the what uh, what's the, uh, non Steve Ducey? There's Steve Ducey. Kilmead. What? Brian Kilmead. Kilmead. Brian Kilmead. Kilmead. Well, Kilmead. Really great, <laughs> great name. Uh, what he's saying is this is the kind of the defense they've been trying in the last 24 hours, and they'll need a new one, right? Because it's like, oh, it's hearsay, and here's try this. They're just trying to get to the end of every day. It's just every day is a right. They're all goldfish, and every day they wake up in the tank, and they're like, my life begins now. Uh, <laughs> but but. What he's saying is this idea that, like, so let me just see if I understand this. Uh, Congress said this aid must go. There's no in, nothing in the law that says unless you really unless the president wants to run, you know, try something new. It just says give them the money. And then they were like, don't give them the money yet. And their theory is that Donald Trump, who, as we all know, has a long-held passion for combating corruption in Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't sure about this Zelensky guy. Donald Trump has got a he's got a suspicion. All right, this is a corrupt country. Sometimes I got to get in there, make sure that our money we can trust that we're sending it to the right guy. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna test him. <laughs> I'm gonna be corrupt. See if he falls for it. And when he doesn't, I'm gonna pretend to be Superman for a while. And then when Congress finds out I'm doing this, I'm gonna stop doing it immediately because I've been caught. Because no one's gonna understand. This is Donald Trump trying to help Ukraine fight corruption. My passion. <laughs> and he got his money. Do we ever know if he turned over anything about yeah. Biden to the president? Appar- apparently he did. So that's with not whatever. Quid pro quo. <laughs> this is the worst but, shakedown ever. Yeah. The, the okay, stop. Dile- just before we move on, this is the best, too, which is it is the Sideshow Bob defense, mm-hmm. which is you can't punish someone for an attempted crime. There's right. no Nobel Prize for attempted chemistry. Right, they got the money. What are we complaining about? They got the money. They got the aid. There was no investigation. The crime failed. He left the bank with nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, a couple, couple beat-up tellers. They'll be fine. A is the quid pro quo. Right. Judge. The delay of 55 days, knowing that the Russians were at the border. But if you didn't know well, your d- direct deposit didn't land, <laughs> I, I mean, how is it delayed? I, I didn't right. know. Only you could put it that way. Uh, wow. It is fascinating to watch. Like, Trump does do one thing, which is he basically does a little brain litmus test on every single person on the right. And we just run the little Trump test and what pops out. Some of them, kind of more integrity than you might have expected. Some, some honor and dignity, some set of core beliefs that guide them beyond fealty to one man. And then there's the vast majority that are like, I don't know, whatever daddy says goes. Totally. Yeah, and then like the crazy thing is that he he do, he puts them in a corner, and they're like, okay, so this is the story, and then he'll openly be like, that's not the right story. I'm going with this one now, and then they're like, okay, uh, we'll do with that now, and then we just they just like scamper along and like and and just just keep like following his lead like, like off a cliff. It's like, like truly bad crazy. improv. Yeah, it is. It's like well, it reminds me actually of like 
really poorly run shows in LA where <laughs> the writers have spent all day trying to crack something. Yep. And then they come back in and be like, sorry, she's not a firefighter anymore. She's an astronaut. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay, that works. It was we, can, more we can use some of this. We can use some of this. Uh, <laughs> rearranging cards. Now, yeah, it's, it's in space now, and it's no longer fighting fires, mm-hmm. but there's still loneliness because right. they are far from home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, stop. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about Disney+. Plus. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And we're back! Now a game about Disney Plus. Over the weekend, the clouds parted, and down from the heavens came Disney Plus which was passed to us on a shimmering golden iPad from a figure that was either God or Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney I didn't bomb in front of at a comedy fundraiser for Barbara Boxer because that was Michael Eisner. Did you bomb in front of Michael Eisner? There were two events, in fact, separated by a year. The two worst comedy events I think I could claim in a long time. They're both charity or nonprofit things. And at the first one, where I did just truly shit the bed. I'm flailing, and it's not going well, and I look out, and I see Barbara Streisand (laughs) sitting next to Michael Eisner. And I think, well, oh well. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll never go to the mall in her basement. Yeah, I'm never going to see the tiny dollhouse of the house in which I am in, and those clone dogs. What a shame. I guess I could go as a plus one. Uh, So... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, a year later, I'm at a charity event in L.A. for Barbara Boxer, and there I am, shitting the bed again. And right as I'm about to finish up, I look out, and who do I see sitting there no! but Michael no! Eisner? And I just realized that, like, Michael Eisner doesn't know me. He just knows that he's seen me perform, and 100% of the time, I'm the worst comedian he's ever seen. That rules. That's amazing. So your Disney Plus show is a no-go. Yeah, we're... Yeah, they passed. Uh, (laughs) As you may know by now, Disney Plus is home to hours and hours of family-friendly entertainment, which of course means it's super gay. So I thought we'd play a little game in which you have to guess which Disney properties are the gayest in a game we call Corella DeVille Ain't Just the Name of a Drag Queen, a.k.a. Mary Poppers, a.k.a. Peter Pan Buttigieg, a.k.a. Fagtasia, a.k.a. Wreck Me Ralph, a.k.a. Beauty and the Bear, a.k.a. Toy Story 5. This time, Woody and Buzz make a new friend, two vibrators named Woody and Buzz. All right. Would anyone out there like to play the game? Ideally, Elisa's out there. Can we please find a homosexual to play the game? Oh, that one is. (laughs) I'm triggered. (laughs) His hand almost fell off his arm. Hi, what's your name? Gay. I mean, Nick. (laughs) And You found it. And gay's funny. It's Nick, is it? Yes. Hi, Nick. Hello. Here's how it works. I'm going to read you two Disney things. Jesus. I'm going to name two things. I'm going to read you two clues. Did Michael Eisner just walk in? What's happening? (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) You'll have to guess which is objectively gayer. All right, Nick? Understood. Here we go. Who framed Roger Rabbit or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Incorrect. <laughs> Cinderella's dress or Corella DeVille's coat? Corella DeVille's coat. Correct. Timon and Pumbaa or LeFou and Gaston? Timon and Pumbaa. No. <laughs> Everyone knows why that's wrong. <laughs> King Triton or Jafar? Jafar. Correct. 
King Triton's look or Jafar's look? Jafar's look. No, it's Triton. Come on. Uh, I'm trying. I don't want to ask you this, but you are gay, right? I, I mean, I heard you speak, so we both sound... <laughs> Think about your reaction to that. Think about the internalized homophobia in believing that a gay voice is inherently something I'm criticizing. Then listen to my voice and how far I've taken this gay voice and how gay I get when I'm not code switching. Okay. C-3PO and R2-D2 or Lumiere and Cogsworth? Lumiere and Cogsworth. No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think there may be some gays over here. They're furious. <laughs> when Chris, next question. Nick, focus. Focus. When Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth fight in Avengers or Zootopia? Come on. <laughs> Evans and Hemsworth. Yes. The dog in Sandlot or the dog in Turner and Hooch? Sandlot. No. Well, wait, wait. Didn't we never see the dog in the Sandlot? No, we see him. It seems threatening, but he turns out to just be a big dog. He's oh. very sweet. He's very straight. Very straight. Very heterosexual, obviously straight dog. Yeah. Listen, if I, can be, if I can be straight passing, so can that dog. I don't know if either of those things are true. <laughs> Ned Flanders or the concept of Dumbo? Ned Flanders. No! Every question you're getting... This is a completely subjective quiz. And it's 50-50. And you're, you're doing worse than random. Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean or Johnny Depp in Alice in Wonderland? That's a tie. That's a tie. I'm sorry, the correct answer is Orlando Bloom in anything. All right, Nick, it's, you can redeem yourself. All the points now are worth double. <laughs> you know what, Nick? Triple. Time for the gay villain lightning round. Queen of Hearts or Maleficent? Maleficent. Correct. Hades or Captain Hook? Hades. Correct. Shere Khan or Jafar? Shere Khan. Correct. Scar or Ursula? Ursula. You did it! Yes, correct! Nick! Wow! Why are so many Disney villains coded as vaguely gay, even as Disney has almost never embraced actual gay characters? Because they think gay people are bad? Yeah, it's more complicated than that. It's, an, <laughs> it's a genuinely impossible question. Nick, you've won the game. When we come back, we're going to talk about Rudy Giuliani's podcast. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And we're back! We here at Love It or Leave It aren't just hilarious and attractive rock hunters. <laughs> who bring joy and light to hundreds of millions of people every Saturday. We're also very serious journalists, especially when the story hits close to home. So earlier this week, the story broke that Rudy Giuliani was going to be launching a podcast about impeachment. Uh, first of all, some name ideas. Wait, wait, don't arrest me. Reply all by accident. Fraud save America. And my favorite perjurer. Rudy Giuliani needs a friend. 99% impeachable. Stuff you should pretend not to know. Cringe mode. Radio blab. Really, really hidden brain. Crime town. <laughs> In crime town. Anyway, our producer, Elisa, a proud journalist, really started digging around in this story, and through some context, she was able to acquire a transcript of the ad reads Rudy Giuliani has been doing. This is real. Everybody, give, up, give it up for Elisa, who got, a, got her hands on these important texts. 
In fact, we thought we could read some of them to you tonight. What do you guys think? <laughs> Whitney, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I do. Rudy Giuliani's, however you fucking say it, ad for Casper. <laughs> this Ukrainian life is brought to you by Casper. I want to tell you about Casper, the mattress delivery service that started it all. Now you may be asking yourself, how do I, America's horrible mayor, <laughs> sleep at night? <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> but when I'm tossing and turning while sweating out the three shots of Duars I consume at the steak place near the Hannity Studios, Casper Mattress is out there to absorb my sweat and anything else that leaks out. And they don't just sell mattresses. They also sell weighted blankets, which is great because without something applying pressure to my body to give me the feeling of safety, I have vivid hour-long nightmares where 9-11 didn't happen. It didn't happen, can you imagine that? What a nightmare. The best thing is, Casper brings the mattress right to you. Who better to corroborate an alibi than a guy who brings you a mattress in a box? I was at home at 2 p.m. on July 23rd. Mitchell at Casper Mattresses can confirm that much. And the best part is, you can even eat the box. <laughs> to get free delivery on your first order over $911, <laughs> use promo code Call me back, Donna. <laughs> that's for the true fans. <laughs> Donna was his first wife. Yeah, that's right. His cousin. Yeah. I believe she Thank might. you. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you. Joe has a copy of another important advertisement. Yeah, a leaked advertisement. Bodega Boomers is brought to you by Ancestry.com. I want to tell you a little bit about Ancestry.com. If you're a real New Yorker like me, and by that I mean I seem progressive to the rest of the country, but just wait until I get into my fourth scotch and start talking about the Puerto Rico Day Parade, <laughs> then you'll love Ancestry.com. <laughs> New York is a city of immigrants, and you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to fall in love with. <laughs> Take me, for example. Out of everyone in New York City, I fell in love with my cousin. That's a true thing about me, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Meeting people may seem hard, but Ancestry.com is the easiest way to find hot single cousins in your area. <laughs> now, I was repeatedly told that I should stop saying Ancestry.com is for incest, since it's actually designed to help people discover that the aunt who always says that she's one-fifth Cherokee is full of shit. But hey, I'm Rudy Giuliani, and I don't play by the rules. And also, I genuinely don't know where I am. All you gotta do is spit into a tube, hand it to a nice FBI agent who is waiting outside your home, and oh, my God, I'm realizing in this moment I gave DNA to the authorities. I am very bad at being a criminal. But, you know, hey, while I wait for them to come arrest me for the murder of Natalie Wood, because I was also on that boat... And while that's not true, you did believe it because Rudy Giuliani is a comically insane person. I'm going to log on to Ancestry.com and find out which of my family members just lost a husband. Anyway, use promo code 911 to get free three months of family kissing. Thank you, Joe. Gestapo Trap House is brought to you by Quip. The other day, I was smoking a cigar in a designated non-smoking room at the Hyatt Regency outside Dulles Airport because I missed my flight to London because my schedule is insane and drunk. And I was looking at pictures of my ex-wives, and there was this one photograph I took with Donna, and we were both smiling and so happy, and I thought two things. One, Rudy, how did you screw it all up? How did you end up so lost and alone, bouncing from hotel lobby to hotel lobby all over the planet, meeting with Eastern European monsters and the dregs of Republican politics to help Donald Trump, of all people, a schmuck if you've ever known one, in the twilight of your life when you should be by a pool in Scottsdale with your wife who actually saw you and loved you anyway, taking smiling pictures filled with love and joy and grandkids. And two, experts say the most important part of keeping a healthy smile is a toothbrush that encourages healthy habits. That's why I use Quip. 
Its two-minute timer helps make sure I'm brushing the right amount. Instead of just staring at myself in the mirror in a kind of fog, my hand slowly falling out of my mouth and landing on the counter next to the sink, my mind bouncing... My mind bouncing back and forth from thoughts of the man I was to this image staring at me in this mirror of the man I've become. I love my quip. (laughs) And it comes with a very convenient travel case, which I always keep with me in case I need to flee the country, which between you and me could happen soon. Use the promo code. Don't use the promo code. I don't give a fuck. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Google Building 7. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. God, that feels good to say. Rudy out. This actually makes me want to listen to this podcast now, to be honest. Like, it, it's exciting. I remember when everyone was like, don't follow OJ on Twitter. It's bad for the economy or something. I'm downloading the Rudy podcast the second it comes out. Absolutely. Is the economy the reason to not follow OJ on Twitter? I don't remember what the reason was. It was probably better than that. I was like, I don't understand the economy at all. (laughs) When we come back... Oh! (laughs) These pauses make me really anxious. Oh, I'm sorry. Whitney, you want to take us to the break? uh, Is this one right now? I don't remember. (laughs) Did I finish the phrase? So we're still, this is still technically. When we uh, listen to uh, John uh, bumble through a blue apron ad (laughs) right now. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And we're back! (laughs) Now it's time for the rant wheel. You know, it works... We spin the wheel, and wherever it lands, we talk about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have McClunky. Interesting how far that didn't get. Dion Waiters, Pizzazz, Mayor Pete, Mandalorian, The Revised Sonic, Privacy, and Death Stranding. Let's roll. Let's spin the wheel. Let's roll the tape. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on pizzazz. I will read you the headline of a, of a missive I discovered on a website called NBC.com. NBCnews.com. Headline. <laughs> Are they a .net? <laughs> They're just at NBCnews.geocities. <laughs> Once Ronan's through with them. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Stop it. Stop it. Headline, plenty of substance but little drama on first day of the impeachment hearings. Analysis, the first two witnesses called Wednesday testified to Trump's scheme but lacked the pizzazz necessary to to capture public attention. Here was a choice quote from the piece. At a time when Democrats are simultaneously eager to influence public opinion in favor of ousting the president and quietly apprehensive that their hearings could stall or backfire, the first round felt more like the dress rehearsal for a serious one-act play than the opening night of a hit Broadway musical. George, Bill, baby, you're beautiful. I love everything you're doing out there, but now show me that you mean it. Give me some oomph. Give me, give me pizzazz. Give me streetcar. You got this. You're born to be in this. So, obviously, that's very silly, right? Like, well, you know, it was also a terrible rock opera that nobody ever sang. But the, the, that's not the point. They're there to tell you important truths. And the thing that really bothers me about it is not the kind of... Like, obviously, it's silly punditry to be like, I was not thoroughly entertained, and therefore I will presume, based on I don't know what, that it won't capture the public attention... I don't understand the metrics by which this person sitting in a room with a computer is determining that it has not captured the public imagination that will somehow fail to do that. But what actually bothers me is something deeper about this kind of coverage, which is implicit in this piece is that this is 
an observer of our system who is not persuadable, right? He's not watching this to understand what he thinks. He has perfect information or his information doesn't matter because he's not a citizen, he's an observer. And what he's writing is actually not for citizens either. What he's writing is for other observers who don't need to be persuaded or have perfect information, who know everything and see everything and already have fully formed opinions. This is about information from one observer to another observer on what, what, what everybody else is really learning. Like, okay, so some in, in some other news ecosystem somewhere else, there's somebody covering this faithfully and just reporting on the facts and that you know some people watch the hearings, others get their information via the news that just provides a summary of what happens. That news and information goes to citizens. They come to an opinion and that will help show us what captured the public's imagination. Of course, that doesn't exist. The way we get our information is via news like this. Punditry analysis is front and center everywhere. So it ends up being a self-fulfilling prophecy. News coverage that claims a certain event was not persuasive is the means by which that event doesn't achieve persuasion. If there were more pieces written like this that said, in a public hearing today, uh, stunning revelations uh, elucidating the private testimony received earlier this week, including new facts about what Donald Trump may or may not have said to Gordon Sondland, delivered by two career professionals in a gobsmacking and shocking event, surely to rile the nation to action. It would be by that mechanism of meta-analysis that it would come to be true that others view it that way, because there is no longer, there's just frosting, there's no cake. And uh, it bothers me. But also, you're correct, but it's also, it's 9 a.m. You're expecting a musical at 9 a.m.? Like, yeah, yeah what, the, did, what exactly did you that's want? That's the worst thing in the world I could ever imagine, is being, waking up at 9 a.m. and then seeing a musical. Yeah. I want to see a guy in a bow tie just talk for a while while I drink my coffee. Yeah, musicals are for the night. Absolutely. It's like George Kent sits down, reads his opening statement, and the final words is, all right, everybody, guess what's in this now, Gene? It's gin and PCP. Everybody buckle up. I'm going to give you... Two, three, four, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a man in a bow tie. <laughs> but I saw some shit. This guy next to me is named Bill. He is one of those old guys who seems like he's been old forever. <laughs> uh, you know what? This guy's got a point. This you is know what? Now I kind of like it. <laughs> I like your singing voice. Gotta keep the mic far away. <laughs> I like that, that. Is that what you're insecure about? Singing? That? Yeah, that's the one thing I'm insecure about. <laughs> you found it. Wow. <laughs> when, did, when did Hercule Poirot get here? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's singing. That inflection was weird. Is that the thing that you're insecure about? <laughs> I will say, I loved singing. Do you? I loved uh, past tense singing. <laughs> Plot in fact, twist. In fact, uh, here's something Ben Platt and I have in common. We both played Oliver once. <laughs> but then, the next year, I come back, and I, uh, uh, I was playing, I believe, uh, a part in Greece, and my voice had changed over the course of the school year. And the last thing I remember is... Uh, uh, the gay man at the piano talking to the gay man who did the stage settings, who I didn't know at the time were gay, but now I get it. And, and, and he just mouths, what happened? And then I burst into tears and ran off the stage, thus ending my musical career and beginning my career of seeking attention elsewhere. Pretty good. Let's spin it again. It has okay. landed on Mayor Pete, Mayor which Pete. Uh, Joe wanted to rant about. I'll talk about Mayor Pete. Um, look, the thing is, like as we all know, uh, I think there are now what two hundred people running for the Democratic <laughs> nomination, and uh, that might be wrong because a new billionaire or capital venture vampire joins the race every <laughs> week or so. So it's hard to keep up. But I think over the year or so, through this morass, there's one person who has shown himself to have more raw political skill than everyone else in the field. And I, it is Pete Buttigieg, right? Like, he is crushing it, and I think it's because he's, like, he's smart, and he's cute, and he's got a cool logo, 
that makes his campaign look like a, a chemical company or something. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I do think there is one disqualifying thing about Mayor Pete, and it is that he is a mayor. And mayors should not be president. I just feel that way. Mayors shouldn't be president. It's just... <laughs> That's so specific. It is, but like... Look, it's great to be a mayor. It's a good thing. But like, also, everyone here needs to know that there are multiple cities in this country where they've elected a dog to be mayor. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a transitive thing. Like, if a dog can be mayor, then a mayor shouldn't be president. Like, I do think that way. And I think a lot of people agree with me, actually, because, like, think about this. Like, this year alone, two mayors of New York City have tried or are trying to run for president, and everyone's reaction rightfully has been like, get fucked, get out of here, no, we don't want that, go back to New York City, wherever that is, you know what I mean? And yet, Mayor Pete has done this like incredible thing where like, he, he's just campaigning and he's crushing it and he's like doing these like big fundraisers in Martha's Vineyard and Sausalito and he's singing with Jimmy Fallon, and it's like he's done this magic trick where everyone's forgotten that he's, he's just a mayor. Like, he's a mayor of a city with 100,000 people. Like, I don't even know if that's technically a city. At that, You know what I mean? Like, 100,000 people, you can fit that in a football stadium. He's mayor of a football stadium. All right? It really must piss off. You know, like, de Blasio is seven feet tall, mayor of the biggest city in the country. Exactly. And he just got the shit beat out of him by a gay mayor of a tiny village. It's amazing. A shire. A shire. <laughs> and that's why I think he is the most talented, pure politician, right? Because like 18 months ago, he was unknown, and now he's like leading some polls in Iowa. And that, that takes skill. I think that takes like pure, like calculated, like triangulating, focus group approved skill. And like that is cool, but it doesn't hide the fact that he does lack experience. I just think that I don't want, look, I don't want to go crazy and say, like, I don't want to call him like our Sarah Palin. Right? Oh, like, that would be that would be, no, that's not a fair comparison, right? Sure. Because obviously Sarah Palin was a governor. And so and she was running for vice president. So in a lot of ways, she was more reasonable. Um and look, I can tell like, no one's on board with me on this, but that's fine. I feel it. I feel it. But I'm just saying, he is impressive, obviously. Like, what he's done is very admirable. But, like, I, it's just, like to me, it's just like, getting scarily close to the real shit. And we just have to, like, just all, just, like, we got it. The culling must start. And, like, honestly, and it's just, like, when I, when I see Mayor Pete, I just get stressed out on TV because it's, like, I just think, like, you know, winter's approaching and there's all these potholes in South Bend, Indiana that he has to go <laughs> fill because that's his job because he's mayor. He's a mayor. He's just a mayor. He's just a mayor. Uh, do you think that some part of this might be the dawning realization that you may be the same age as a president? Uh, well, I think that, too, is disqualifying. I feel like if you, if you grew up watching, like, Ren and Stimpy, you should not be president until, like, 2050. Like, that's just how I feel. You know he was watching, like, I, Claudius, and, like... Uh, uh, right, he was, like, watching the... Donahue and taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> if you were watching Polly Shore at any point... Well, what's the, uh, what's the name of... Uh, uh, Ronan's always trying to get me to watch. It's, like, an eight-hour epic Swedish miniseries... Come on. Fanny and Alexander. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> nothing? Nothing on that? Nick? Nothing? <laughs> Fanny what or what Alexander? About, what about the table that was gayer than Nick? <laughs> James Purse, yeah. Never heard of it. Oh, they may not be gay. They may be British. <laughs> <laughs> or both? I don't... Just British. Just British. Uh. Wow. That's a twist straight from Fanny and Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Did spin it again. See that coming. I will not look over there for the rest of the night. I just called that whole section. What's up? It has landed on privacy. I have, I have a rant about this. I've had it. I, I, I just feel like everyone's gotten a little too paranoid. Like, I, all my friends think people are trying to hack their documents and shit. Like, we're at peak paranoia. All of the guys that I work with have put tape over their camera on their laptops. I'm sure you do it. 
I think you guys think, I think you think that you're protecting yourself from the hackers. All we think is that you cannot stop jerking off. Well, both can be true. <laughs> all I picture when I see that is your laptop on your chest. That's all I can picture. I have guy friends that are so paranoid about security. They're like, we gotta, I gotta clear my cookies. <laughs> I don't want to see my cookies. Seems smart. So ungrateful, you know. Like uh, I, I know people that when I when I have lunch with them, they'll go, "You got to turn your phone off." They're, you know, they're tracking our phones. Like we're so worried about people tracking our phones until we lose our fucking phones. Are you having lunch with Tom Arnold? <laughs> you lunch with Randy Quaid? <laughs> I just like I know people that have Alexas in their house and they won't even fucking talk around the Alexa in their house. Like when I go to friends of mine's houses and they have an Alexa, I'll walk in. And I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And they're like, "Text me." I'm like, can't you just unplug it? They're just like, well, she'll know you unplugged it. I'm like, what's the problem? They're like, the government's listening. I'm like, I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe, I'm like the only person that would be secretly thrilled if the government was like listening to all our conversations. I could finally win a fucking fight with my fiance. If I could like call up the government and be like, hey, can you guys send me those recordings? Do you by any chance get a recording of him muttering under his breath that I'm a dumb bitch? Can you send me that? If you send me that, I will start paying my taxes. Swear to God. Swear to God. I do think it's just weird because I know so I know people that won't even download apps because they're like they're gonna take my email and they're gonna take my phone number. I am old enough to remember there there used to be a book with everyone's phone number in it and home address. And they would just throw it at your house. They were all over the street. They were in bags on people's porches. No one even opened them. I know we never looked at them, but homeless people would wipe their asses with your phone numbers. Like it's just gotten crazy. I know people are like, I can't email you this document. It's just it might leak. Like we used to fax our private documents to a Kinkos, to a communal tray of private documents. Our only security was a cover page that would do, and you'd have to go pick them up. You'd have to go stand in line and you'd be like, hey, I'm here to pick up my document. And they'd be like, oh, great. Are you the girl with the bad credit or the one with the Valchex prescription? Which one are you? I would love to watch Black Mirror with you. Because you'd be like, yeah, this is great. This is, <laughs> this is how it should be. What's the problem? <laughs> Everybody's recording everybody with their eyeballs. That's perfect. No more lying. No this. more lying. <laughs> I'm so pro-surveillance, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Because everyone acts better. Le I think Le LeBron James over here. <laughs> I just feel like people act better. I think humans, we know we act better when we're being watched, right? Like, I feel like we know that on an inherent level. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why, yeah. I, I, that, why yeah. we invented Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I feel like I heard someone say that in the two minutes of hate in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> but I take your point. Thank you for seeing my side. Let's spin it again. Pizzazz again. <laughs> it has landed on Dion Waiter's weed panic attack. <laughs> There's a straight person here. So, uh, you know, uh, Joe, I'll be interested in your thoughts on this as well. Yeah. Uh, here's what I learned uh, I learned that he plays for the Miami Heat. I learned that uh, he ate too many edibles on an airplane. I learned from, via one reporter who said it was gummies, and I learned that as a result, he got a 10-game suspension. Couple thoughts. One, there are dosing problems with the edibles. Absolutely. There are dosing problems with the edibles. It is fully fucking nuts Correct. that there is, it's medicine, ostensibly. I mean, come on, but you, you know. Imagine if when you went to get a prescription for, like, Lipitor, they were like, here's a Lipitor candy bar. Take a tenth of it every morning. Hey, here's Lipitor. It's in the shape of a circle. One side is dipped with Lipitor-flavored chocolate. There's enough in here to last you three months. <laughs> There is no way to cut a circle. <laughs> Literally, I believe it is like mathematically difficult, other than wedges, <laughs> to get them really even. Have fun out there. Oh, 
But just so you know, if you accidentally have too much, you briefly go insane. <laughs> so at first, I was sympathetic to the story about Dion Waiters. And I would also simply add that I only had heard of Dion Waiters via the rewatchable podcast because there's the Dion Waiters Award for a heat check performance. I don't know what any of that means. I mean, I can tell you, but we should, I'll just tell you after the tell show. Tell me after yeah. the show. But then it turns out he had eaten gummies. Gummies? Those are dose. You just eat the one gummy. You eat one gummy. That's the plan. There's no counting. There's no issues. You have one gummy. If you're, if you have, you're feeling wild, if you're feeling like having a real night, you can have two gummies. It sounds like he ate a bag of gummies. So my dosing sympathies are no longer with him. They remain where they had been with Maureen Dowd. <laughs> Finally, I learned that as a result of him having eaten a bag of weed gummies on an aeroplane, which is a great place to have the right amount of weed gummies. Fucking narcs. <laughs> the, uh... Oh, just the alcohol for you then? Just the one socially acceptable drug, the one they serve everywhere? That's the drug for you? I find out that due to a human error, which happens, you know, happens in hospitals, they give you milligrams instead of liters. <laughs> mm-hmm. He knows. Yeah, he knows. They give you 10 cc's instead of 3 cc's. It happens. Medical error, huge problem. Doctors aren't washing their hands, not following the checklist. The point is, people make mistakes. He ate too many gummies. Got kind of sick. Maybe lost his mind. Seems so bad they had to land the plane somewhere they weren't supposed to. (laughs) I get that that is a real hiccup for a professional National Basketball Association outfit. They have a lot of games, 82 as I know, and that said, I feel as though 10 games is harsh. I think that's excessive. Was it One on... One eighth of the year? Was it on, like, a trip with other players? Yeah, he was... I, I mean, he was given, I believe, one gummy by one of his teammates. So this might be, like, a horrible prank because the dosage of this one gummy, that's the, that's the narrative, at least. And then... The flight, I believe, was from Phoenix to L.A. So what? That's not even long enough for it to, like, kick in. Like, there's a lot about this story that's very strange. Fishy. I'm sorry. What? Fascinating. Why did you interrupt me? (laughs) I got so much of it wrong. One gummy. I believe it was one one gummy, right? Right? Whatever. I mean, yeah. One gummy. I mean, that might just be the, like, the, the laundered version of the story. He may have eaten a full... We, we all know. know Lovett gets his news from Infowars. <laughs> so wait, hold on a second. One gummy. I think something One else gummy sketchy. I, I don't know what yeah. kind of gummy it was. I think it might be something else might be going on Maybe. here. Maybe, who knows? One gummy can get you, though. Yeah, I, you've seen this. You've happened to me when we went and saw Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Lovett took me to see Gone Girl, and he's like, have this gummy. And I was like, this isn't working. And then I started like asking people in the theater if they also saw Tyler Perry on the screen. <laughs> That's how high I thought I was. I was like, yo, we got to get out of here because I see Tyler Perry no, in a was, David Fincher movie. It was wild. He it's was truly somewhere. the most relatable news story I've ever read. It's like, I've been there. I've done this. Yeah. Freaked and no out. 10 game suspension for you. No. Let's end on a high note. <laughs> Everyone has gummies under their seats. <laughs> But English, you guys don't have weed legally yet, right? No, it's not legally yet. Yeah, ha ha. <laughs> Guess we won that round. <laughs> Last week, we won the Kentucky Governor's Mansion. <laughs> Stacey Abrams' voter support initiative, Fair Fight, worked with the Kentucky Democratic Party to prevent the state from moving 175,000 names to the inactive voter list. After last week's election, Democrat Andy Bashir is the apparent governor-elect, beating Republican Governor Matt Bevin by just 5,086 votes. Fair Fight may have genuinely made this win possible. Since launching this summer, Fair Fight has put teams on the ground in Virginia, Florida, Michigan, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. They currently are hiring in Arizona, New Hampshire, Texas, and North Carolina. Next, they're planning to get teams in Iowa, Alabama, South Carolina, Minnesota, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Maine. 
At our Radio City show, we launched an initiative that raised $1 million for Fair Fight across all the different Crooked shows, and we did it in less than a month. So we want to try something crazy. We want to see if we can hit $2 million by 2020. Don't ask for anything for Christmas. <laughs> ask for donations to Fair Fight. We have been so proud to be able to partner with Stacey Abrams, who had decided that this was what she was going to devote her time and energy to, to build the infrastructure so that we wouldn't get caught off guard by efforts to suppress the vote, which are taking place across all of these key battleground states. It's already making a difference. Go to votesaveamerica.com slash fairfight to chip in what you can. It's already made a difference. It could make a difference next year when everything is on the line. votesaveamerica.com slash fairfight. Let's get Stacey to two million and put those teams on the ground. I want to thank Joe Mandy, Whitney Cummings, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, all of you for coming out. Thank you to the Peppermint Club for having us. Have a great night. Love It or Leave It is a product of Crooked Media. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, Elisa Gutierrez, Lee Eisenberg, our head writer and Michael Bloomberg's speechwriter, Travis Helwig, and writers Jocelyn Kaufman, Alicia Carroll, and Peter Miller. Bill Lance is our editor and Frank Tadek is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and James Skeel, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Nar Malconian and Yale Freed, for filming and editing video each week so you can. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace.